welcome to another episode of the podcast. I hope this sounds okay. I'm trying a slightly different setup. So goodness knows, are we recording? Are we? Yes, we are. Right, let's go into today's episode. I'm going to be doing an overrated, underrated when it comes to fat loss. But first, let's hear from our sponsor, Muse Activewear. Today's podcast is sponsored by Muse Activewear. If you've been following absolutely any of my social media content of late, you'll have seen I've fallen hook, line and sinker for this brand. Muse Activewear provides the highest quality athleisure wear for the ambitious, inspired female. Whether you're hitting the gym, dressing up to meet the girls for lunch, or simply want to feel amazing while we spend that little bit more time at home at the moment, there's something in the range you will absolutely love. I've literally lived in Muse since I first came across the brand. Everything's designed in the most gorgeous muted color palette. The detailing's really simple and elegant, and I can absolutely confirm that it's both as buttery soft as it looks and can testify it's completely squat-proof. The chance to get involved with Muse was a no-brainer for me, and the fact that they're doing great things all from their Glasgow base was the absolute cherry on top. You can currently get 10% off your Muse order via the link in my Instagram bio and absolutely any questions you may have about any of the products or sizing, etc. I'd be more than happy to answer. Thank you, Muse, as ever, for sponsoring the podcast. I am in full outfit today. Actually, double trousers. It's very, very cold. The reason I am recording this in a different location is because I'm right next to the radiator. It's very, very snug, very warm. Storm. What storm are we on now? Barry? Barra, Bar- Barry, Barra, um, has hit, so it's a little bit cold. I'm um, hiding beside this, beside this radiator, all bundled up, so that is why. Right, today, we'll go into, we're going to podcast in a second. I was listening to a, an interview with Jim Carrey, <laughs> and I've never started a podcast with Jim Carrey before, but I was, and he said something, you just expect him to be you know, the, the comic that he is, the comedian, but he was talking about his success and about the manifestation of his success. And apparently, so Jim Carrey's biggest year was 1994, which was, if I remember what he said correctly, it was the year, The Mask, Ace Ventura, and like just a couple of really big blockbuster films came out. And in the run up to that, he said four years preceding that, he had been doing comedy shows all around America. He'd been doing kind of the late night comedy drives. And every single night after his show, he would sit in his car and he would manifest his success. So he did this religiously for four years. He'd sit in his car and he'd visualize exactly what his life would look like um, by whatever time it was. And he actually wrote himself a check for $10 million dollars. He wrote himself a check, signed it, put it in his wallet. And 1994 was the the big year. And he was actually able to cash that check, that $10 million check by 1995, the next year. And six months before the time that he had set himself. So when he wrote it, obviously he signed it, he put the amount and he put a date on it. And he was actually able to cash it before the day that he'd set himself and I just thought that's just a really really nice little story it's a little bit unexpected and you don't know what goes on behind the scenes with people do you you only see that tip of the iceberg you only see that 
quote unquote achievement, that success, that, you know, the, the golden side of it. You don't see the years that went on preceding that, do you? You don't see the behind the scenes. It's always, everyone will say you're an overnight success. Not fair, is it, when there's maybe been 10, 15, 20 years worth of back catalogue of hard work behind that. And I just, I don't know, I just thought it was really, really nice. So anyway, another uh, CWC news. Since we last spoke on the podcast, Christmas cardio is up. So you can find that on the Facebook group. It is in there. You There's kind of full workouts as well as some little finisher installments that you can tap onto the end of your sessions. I'm absolutely not opposed to a little bit more work this side of Christmas, a little bit of sweaty work, get the heart rate up. Um, I've no issue with that whatsoever. And if that's something that you want to build into your training between now and the kind of festivities, please feel free to do so. Also nice to try something new, try something different, add it in. Maybe you just want to go in and uh, move your body. I know I'm doing a little bit more cardio at the moment and I'm really feeling the benefit of it from a physical, but also just a, a headspace point of view as well. It's quite dark in the evenings anyway. And it's easy to feel, I think, to feel a little bit lethargic come you know, four, half past four when it's pitch black, can't take pup out for his, for his walk in the, in the dark. And I just, I'm enjoying going and actually moving my body. So maybe have a look at those and give them a go. The other thing that I was going to mention specifically, and I think I popped one of them up on the podcast last week. So if you don't know what our client roundups are, you can actually go and listen to one of them that I uploaded. But there's something that I'm doing each week with my clients where I basically pull out the best bits of their, the highlight reel really of the check-ins and share them with the group. And honestly, what a massive buzz from these. I am getting, it's becoming sincerely one of my highlights of the week. It's so nice to be able to share your successes with each other. I think in the group, the group's a lovely, lovely place to be. I think it's really making it just such a positive, positive space. And this week, for instance, I had to split the client roundup into two videos because there are so many wins and so many things to discuss and so much great work going on. And who the hell can say that in December that they're having to, you know, go over so many client successes I think it's a brilliant brilliant place to be and I get a massive buzz out of doing these so thank you so much for putting so much effort into your check-ins thank you for putting so much effort into your programs and December really hasn't thrown anyone off really really pleased uh the other thing in line with that I had a couple of clients sign up for powerful this week so Monday was the 6th of December they started their four-week programs then does that not scream winning mindset to you because it does to me someone who literally at the start of December goes no like I've got got a couple of weeks here I can really put in a bit of hard graft before the the Christmas holidays and I, and I want to do that so hats off to you seriously they've kicked off the programs they're still working away in the gym powerful by the way the format of that you essentially you can sign up via the link in my Instagram bio literally hit the button go through the really short questionnaire it will ask you a couple of questions and it will also ask whether you feel that you are first timer, beginner, intermediate or advanced. There's little descriptions of each as well. So you can find the one that suits you best. You hit the button. It will send an invite to the app straight to your phone and you can get started with that straight away. So say, for instance, you wake up on a Monday morning and you're like, oh, God, I really actually I want to do something. Go there, 
hit the button, couple of questions, and the workouts will come straight to your phone and you can get on with them straight away. The One of the bonuses with the app and the training, the programming that goes on there is all of the exercises come with tutorial videos. So say for instance, you're not entirely sure how you should be performing a specific exercise. You're not sure what you should be watching out for, how to set it up, etc. It is all on there. So your programming is sent to your phone, but so is the guidance on how to actually do the exercises. And the Powerful program, there are tutorial videos. They come to your phone every two days or so, which will talk you through how to set up your calories, how to adjust your calories and teaching videos every day or so throughout the entire month. Recipe books, everything that you need. So it is a four week program that I put together that is designed to give you the very, very best and equip you with as much knowledge as possible in a short period of time. So if that sounds like something that you need and uh, you need something to get into the gym and just follow, that one is for you for sure. Right, let's go into today's podcast. It's a uh, overrated slash underrated when it comes to fat loss. It's really, really hard to make a suitably sized list for this. You could go on forever and ever and ever. Overrated and underrated in fat loss. It is very, very easy, I think, to be swept up in fat diets, in Instagram trends. It's easy to spend money on certain things. It's very, very easy to overlook other things. And this list was the big ones that kind of jump out at me or that I see most regularly and that I wish people would pay a little bit more attention to. You might, I might go through this and a few will jump out at you and maybe think about whether things are actually serving you or not. Maybe that'll make more sense as I go through. So let's talk about some of the overrated things when it comes to, when it comes to fat loss. The first one, program hopping. You know what I mean by program hopping? Like two weeks here, a little bit bored of that. Let's get a new program. Yeah. This takes time. It takes time to develop. It takes time to get the most out of a training program. And I think it's really important to acknowledge that each one gives you the opportunity to learn something new, to work and progress. If you work with me, your programs are always designed in line with your specific goals. So if it's just getting in the gym and establishing some structure, learning about how to actually execute exercises, getting some, you know, getting familiar with the gym, that is a very, very worthy, worth, ugh, very, very worthwhile goal. If your goal is slightly different from that, maybe you specifically want to advance your deadlift or you want to have your first program with your big compound lifts your squat, your deadlift, and your hip thrust. All of those are, are brilliant goals to have, and you need a specific program in order to, to reach that. There's very often the mindset that getting a new program is going to be the cure to all of your troubles, all of your physique issues. The reason you're not getting to your goal is because you need a new program. That's probably not the case at all and I think people often fall into that trap is that they feel slightly motivated and then they go okay well along with this motivation I need a new program you probably don't if I'm 100% honest the problem's not generally with the programming it's your ability to stick to it and that can be quite a tough pill to swallow a lot of the time is that there's probably nothing wrong with what you've been asked to do 
you're just not that brilliant for whatever reason at sticking to it long term. It does really help if that program is in line with your goals. And there are also other elements of it, like it should work for your lifestyle. So if you come to me and you say, Caroline, I'm a busy working mom, you know, I've got four kids, I've got a full time job, I can only train between 6am and 7 like, I'm not going to program you in six days of, you know, heavy resistance based work where sessions could take upwards of, of an hour that doesn't work for you and your lifestyle. So you, there is an element of that. Um, but you do need to think about how well you are, you're sticking to your program and the longevity of it. I mean, I've spoken about this about a hundred times before. I'll stay on the same program for six months. It's because I love, I love it. And I feel the benefit of it. It doesn't mean that you have to love every single exercise that's on your program. I think that's really important to acknowledge that. It's not necessarily what you like. It's a bit of that. If clients turn around to me and they say, oh, I actually, I really, really love doing this a certain way. I really, really love this variation of an exercise. Of course, I'll do my best to try and keep that in. Because if you do, if you do enjoy it, it's going to be, it's going to help adherence. But you don't need to love every single, single, single exercise on your, on your program. And sometimes I think you get a bigger kick out of, a, or a bigger kick out of completing the ones that you don't enjoy. Bulgarian split squats, anyone? <laughs> Hell on earth. But after you finish it, you're like, oh yeah, sure. Like, uh, and actually, it generally spurs me on to complete an exercise I don't like because then I know, right, that's that done for the week. Next. But I think generally speaking, I'm not saying you have to stick to something for six months, but people jump around a lot and they don't give their program a chance, if I'm 100% honest. There's also, oh, actually, I'll talk about this in the next one. Exercise variation is another one. It's kind of an extension of this. The basics are the basics and they work and they're effective. And if your execution is great and it allows for progressive overload, that's what you want. This is where Instagram can be a bit of a like face plant. No, what do you call that? Like palm to forehead. Ugh. In order to make things look exciting, there's a lot of variation that goes on. Like, oh, try this squat this way. Try um, home workouts, lockdown, anyone. How many ways did we have to try and do lunges? How many ways did we try and do different kind of wall sits? Like this, there becomes a point where it's a little bit redundant and actually just sticking to the basics and doing that very, very well. And it's so boring, but doing it consistently is what's going to really, really help you why not just learn the same movement patterns and stick to them and get a lot out of that rather than trying to dress everything up and accessorize it and all that. just get the main outfit in check and just stick with that um like i say i think instagram and i think a lot of that has played a part not just i think trainers do try and make things exciting but i think getting comfortable with basic movement patterns machines exercises that work well for you and sticking with them is is going to long term really really help your progress another overrated for fat loss supplements people spending money on supplements when they're gaping holes in their nutritional strategies I often, when I see photos on Instagram of, you know, this is what I take in the morning, this is my breakfast and this is all my sups. Great, yeah, yeah, great, great, great. That's perfect, right? What's your nutrition like the rest of the day? What's your nutrition like at the weekend? 
are you blind drunk over Saturday and Sunday and you're thinking that taking that Amiga from Monday to Thursday is is going to be the thing that gets you your body composition results probably not and what's really really irritating is a lot of the time I look at that and I'm like oh so if you actually put all the cost of all of those individual supplements together that's a month's worth of coaching where I could actually teach you about nutrition and actually look at your diet and actually suggest tangible changes that you could make that would help you longer term would equip you with the knowledge um do I take supplements? Yeah, I do, but I'm, I actually only take, what do I take at the moment? I take creatine and vitamin D and omega-3, 6, and 9. That's it. There's certain ones, if you are, say, vegan or vegetarian, there's certain supplements that you might consider taking. But generally, a lot of people will take the fluffy stuff. And I sometimes think, mm, maybe that would be money better spent elsewhere. I think a general rule of thumb with supplements, if you can't in like a sentence describe what it does and what it's quote unquote supposed to do in your body, probably don't bother with it. Um, if you don't have an awareness about why you're factoring it in or why you think that you need to have that in addition to your diet, like what's your diet not giving you that you need to pop that in, for example, then I would consider uh, revising your supplement regimen. And if you've got any questions about that, please shoot them over to me. I would love to answer them. Another overrated in fat loss, perfect days. My perfect day. It doesn't exist. Absolutely doesn't exist. We can do everything. We can plan in advance. We can make Google calendars. We can prep all the food we can do, but some things just happen. Sometimes you forget your lunch, you leave it in the fridge. Sometimes you get a flat tire. Sometimes work runs over and the perfect day is, is then not. The issue comes, not that we, the issue comes in that we can't adapt. So adaptability in that when something less than perfect happens, a lot of the time we'll slip, slip into this mindset of, okay, well, fine, fuck it, right that's not gone to plan, right, I'll do my perfect day tomorrow. Why not just adapt? Why not just take that, stop for a second, think, be rational, and ask yourself whether it's that big a deal. Ask yourself whether it is a massive issue that you forgot your lunch. Like, I know it's a bit annoying, but try and look at the plus side, like, oh, you just have it tomorrow. It's already done. You don't need to prep anything for tomorrow. You have enough nutritional knowledge that you can pop to the shop and you can get what you need to... Um, to have to replace that meal and it's, it's possibly not a massive massive deal if you're if work runs over and you can't get to the gym that's absolutely okay why don't you focus your attention that evening on getting a really really early night so you could perhaps move that evening session to tomorrow morning over the span of the week your expenditure is going to be exactly the same you're going to be getting your sessions in because you've planned well in advance and sometimes it's actually not that big a deal when you think about it if in doubt advise as if it was a friend of yours I think sometimes what happens particularly if you're tired hungry dark nights like everything's a bit ooh, and something horrendous happens you tend to go oh fine like where's the wine if that was a friend of yours how would you advise them to carry on the rest of the day I think that's always quite a nice way to detach and a way to have a bit more of a bird's eye view on the day and a bit more perspective so remember your perfect day doesn't exist and actually it's just hindering your fat loss 
to clamp on to that notion that it's true. I would say, as an aside from that, if you're a client of mine and we've been working on, say, your perfect day formula, and I've been getting you to map out what that day looks like for you, that's a great exercise to be doing to create a blueprint. But I will always say to all of you individually that I know that days don't 100% map out like this. Things move, things are extended. Maybe some things don't take quite as long as you think they would. But I always think it's a good idea to at least go into the day with a an optimal structure so that you at least have something to follow. It's like, you know, you could start following a sat-nav to an end destination. If there's roadworks and you have to go onto a B road, you can still get to that end destination. You've just done it in a slightly different way. You just recalibrate, but you keep going. And I think the perfect day formula works a little bit like that. Like start off with the intent, start off sticking with your optimal route. If it goes slightly off track, that's absolutely fine. You're probably still gonna get to where you intended to go. You just went around it a slightly different way and that's fine. But I do think it's a really worthwhile exercise to do because sometimes what doing the perfect day exercise really flags up to you is that you're trying to, when you actually attach time to various tasks, you realize that your expectations of the day are way higher than you can actually ever achieve. Like maybe realistically, once you map out a time for each thing, you've decided in one day you're going to complete 10 things, when actually you only have time to do four. And that in itself is quite liberating because you stop then beating yourself up for never ever achieving those 10 tasks in a day. Well, actually you never could if you say, if each of those takes an hour and a half, let's just keep it really, really simple. You actually cannot fit that into the day. Try and be reasonable. And what it suppose makes you do is think about more, what are you going to do in a week, potentially, rather than just on an individual day. So that can be, as I say, quite liberating in itself and reduce your anxiety and your, your expectations, really. I'm not saying don't aim high. I'm not saying don't be productive, but there's, there's a realistic side to that for sure. Overrated and fat loss, the last one. Knowing but not doing. Knowing not doing is the same as not knowing. I think that's the phrase. Knowing but not doing is the same as not knowing. Yeah, I see this a lot in that, and it's absolutely fine. Sometimes messages just need to be repeated several times and in several different ways and said by several different people and maybe they need to be spoken, maybe it needs to be written, maybe it needs to be an Instagram post, maybe it needs to be in an email, a check-in, like, it can be the same message, but sometimes it just lands slightly differently, um, but it's all about basically having the knowledge, but not actually applying it, and that can be quite a frustrating place to be when you're like, oh, I know what I need to be doing with diet, I know what my calories are, but I'm just not doing it, Um that's quite that can be quite frustrating you see this a lot with people who consume a lot of self-development so you know they might be reading three books a week and they might be listening to this on audible but when are they actually actioning that when are they actually doing anything about it so I think sometimes there's a lot of information overload when it comes to dieting and fat loss and what we should be doing with training and um, so it can be quite overwhelming to start with. But what I think happens is people spend a lot of time consuming all of this, but they don't actually do anything about it. 
And that's because it takes effort. Like if, if someone says to you, okay, these are all the ways that you can, you know, improve your morning routine. These are all the ways that you can become an early bird. These are, it still takes for you to actually go to bed earlier. It still takes for you to actually put your gym stuff out the night before. Like you need to actually do something about that knowledge. And yeah, of course that takes effort, but like anything worthwhile, the benefits of that effort is um, pays back tenfold. So just consider that whether you feel that you are, um, whether you're, you know what you're doing, you know what you're supposed to do, but you're just not doing it. And if we take the example of, of calories, for instance, say, you know, I'm supposed to be hitting 1600 calories and you're not doing it. Ask yourself why, why are you not hitting those calories? Maybe like, oh, I'm, I'm not sticking to my, my calories because I, I can't be bothered to put it into my fitness pal. Ask yourself why again. Well, I can't be bothered to fit into my fitness pal because it takes too much time, takes too much effort. Um, and I don't, and one meal a day I have, I can't scan because someone else prepares it. Okay, ask yourself again, why are you not doing that? Ask yourself why three times. And it might in this instance be that you're not tracking calories because, or you're not hitting your calories because fat loss isn't actually a goal of yours. Your actual goal is to progress in the training side of things. And that's absolutely fine. But just ask yourself the question and be really, really honest about what the answer is. That's going to save you a hell of a lot of time longer term if you can be honest about what you actually want, um, both to yourself, but also to your coach, because we will support you and we will equip you with what you need but only if we're clear about what the goal is. If someone says to me their goal is fat loss, I'll program for that. I'll set the calories for that. That's what I'm looking for in their checking. If actually when they sit back and they realize, I actually just really, really want to train really hard in the gym and I want to feel confident training in the sports bra, like that's not necessarily a fat loss goal. Um, so just be, just be mindful about what you're actually doing. And if you're not doing something, so if you're knowing but not doing, why are you not doing it? And it's okay, but just be realistic about it. Okay, flip side of this coin, underrated things in fat loss. I feel like these are always the really, the, the more boring ones, but they're the ones that are, as I say, underrated. They're not given enough precedent. They're not given enough focus and often overlooked for the, for the fancier bits and pieces like the supplements, like the exercise variations, like, oh, shiny new program. Mm that's not going to do you the whole world of good if the following are not in place. So underrated in fat loss. Number one, <laughs> every single client of mine will roll their eyes. Nailing your sleep pattern. Yep. Old mother goose is, oh no, is she a hen? Is she a goose or is she a hen? Anyway, this bird is telling you to go to bed earlier. I believe that if you've got a full tank of energy, it's just generally easier to tackle the day. It is like, ask anyone who has a baby who feels delirious without sleep at the moment, or if you've just started a new job, or if you just have one bad night of sleep, it can really, really, really affect you. And I do believe that that full tank is the secret to your success. You'll get the most from training. You'll show up better at work. You will be more enthusiastic in your social interactions. You get more from your relationship. 
I just think the sleep pattern is the backbone of everything that we do. It's also from a physiological point of view linked to reduction of calorie intake. So if you are sleep deprived, you are more likely to take in more calories over the span of the day. So just bear that in mind that actually you'll have known, known it yourself. You know, when you're that tired way that all you can think about is, oh, I just want that pick me up. We tend to go for the slightly stodgier, comforting carby options as well when we're a little bit tired, a little bit fatigued. And that does have a knock-on effect. So number one for a reason, nail your sleep pattern. Also underrated in fat loss, working on yourself outside of the gym. Very, very broad umbrella term, working on yourself. But I think it's important. And I think it's important to recognize what that means for you. Had a few conversations recently about dieting from, from a happier place and why that actually helps longer term. You're much more accepting of resistance if you yourself are in a really, really contented place. Like imagine saying to someone who, you know, has, I don't know, just celebrated uh, an occasion with their family in the morning before that they hit a personal rest in their training to go out for dinner they wore a dress that they've not worn for ages and they feel brilliant at it and someone's giving them a compliment and they've just had the best evening whatsoever tell them the next day okay well you know we're still in a fat loss phase so we're gonna have to restrict slightly they're gonna be like oh yeah sure yeah yeah like that's absolutely fine no worries on the flip side of that Ask someone who feels shit about their job, is tired, training is a struggle, they keep missing sessions, and then say to them, okay, well, you know what, in order to keep to our, to our projected goals, we're going to need to keep calories a little bit lower. I'm also going to need to pull back on these days just to keep us uh, going forward. How do you think that person is going to feel about further reduction in their intake? probably not great right they're not going to be cut half full they're already kind of scraping the barrel a little bit further um further restriction is going to have a different effect on them they're just not going to accept it from the same place and I think that's really important if you are happier if you are more content in yourself as a person if you know you're working hard if you know you're ticking all the boxes if you know that you're doing everything that you can do not everything that you should do everything that you can do. I think that's really important. And I think you have just a more accepting and enjoyable process from start to finish. And when I mean working on yourself, I don't necessarily mean if you want to go down this route whereby you explore the world of self-development, you maybe listen to podcasts, you're working on being a little bit more mindful, maybe you're journaling, maybe you're establishing a morning routine, self-development whatever that looks like for you maybe that is what you mean by working on yourself if it is great 100 if working on yourself for you like self-care just means getting sessions in and fueling your body with wholesome good food brilliant but i do generally think that is so underrated in terms of fat loss just taking a little bit more care of yourself, whatever that means, it's very, very individual. I know clients who, you know, since we've started, they never would have thought that they would have planned their week and enjoyed getting up early in the morning to read a book or, 
you know study or learn a language or and go to bed journaling and do and and now they do it as part of they take designated like digital detoxes that wouldn't have been something that they would have considered they do and now it's part of their their routine or their week or they do think these things regularly again it doesn't need to be that for you but I do think that you should be trying to progress in areas of your life outside of the gym because it has a knock-on effect on how driven you feel when you're when you're getting in there and doing those sessions and it's almost like a positive feedback loop if you go into your session you work your absolute ass off and you progress in the gym what tends to happen is that you take that as a metaphor that I want that drive that progression and you apply it to life so you'll try harder outside of the gym and in doing that and trying harder outside of the gym again when you go back in you work your, and that just tends to spiral upwards and it, it works well it works really really well so just consider what you're doing outside of the gym what you're doing to improve your mood to better yourself and you'll probably find that you find the whole dieting process hell 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 of a lot easier okay also underrated improving your relationship with food i'm gonna actually revise that heading taking the time to improve your relationship with food if you're someone who's come to me and you perhaps have had historic historic negative was it negative mindset um negative behaviors or tendencies around food and you think that going straight into calorie tracking and training five days a week is going to remedy that I would argue that your time would be better spent exploring and improving your relationship with food the difficulty with this one is slightly is that it can't be measured so to speak and the way that I do measure someone's improved relationship with food is often how they write in their check-ins how they refer to the food that they're eating. I call them green flags. So if someone's writing a check-in to me and they've previously come and it's caused them great anxiety to go out for dinner, let's just say, let's just use that as an example. And actually in their check-in, they'll mention, oh yeah, you know, my friend came over and spur of the moment, she decided, you know, we're going to order a takeaway or we're going to pop out for dinner, whatever it may be. And I chose what I could on the menu that was the most in line with uh, my program that I could. That to me is a massive green flag. It shows development in someone's mindset that previously, if they'd been caught off guard and someone had suggested they go out for dinner or get grab food, they probably would have freaked out. But if they are in a more rational headspace, they feel that their ability to make decisions off the cuff has improved. Like those are huge green flags and show big improvements in relationship with food. And it's really important I think to nail that before you start trying to diet down to a body composition or even bring in a degree of tracking in some cases so improving your relationship with food is so underrated I think because as well remember your food is going to be with you from now until the day that you die and if you have a poor relationship with food that is going to haunt you that's a struggle from the get-go that's always going to be a little cloud that looms over leaning into it and really really working on improving what that means for you is so important and we all know what it's like like food is often the go-to whether you experience times of celebration grief enjoyment loss 
stress, like all of it, we actually tie food up with quite extreme emotions in any direction. Like if we're feeling very, very happy, if there's, you know, there's always a wedding, cake at a wedding. If you know, you're at a funeral, there's always food at the funeral. Like it's all of these things, like extreme emotions, there's always food surrounding those. And we can't get away from that. And that's absolutely fine. I'm not asking you to shy away from it, but I'm just asking you to acknowledge what that relationship is like for you and how you could go about improving that. And just remember that it does take, it does take time. Underrated, next one, community. So I was thinking about this actually, about how I spoke about this at the start, about the positive client roundups that we've been doing. And I think a lot of it has to do with feelings of community and feeling as though you're in a support network. And when it comes to fat loss, often the most underrated things are that support and that reassurance. Often you can be doing everything that you should and could be doing. You're ticking all the boxes and yet you still feel as though you're not getting to where you need to be or it's, it's about that reassurance and that can come from anywhere it could come from your family your coach the gym you're in maybe some maybe you have a really good group of people that you that you go to the gym with or just even people that you see at the same time in the gym every single day but you're all in there together it's like being in the trenches isn't it and knowing that other people are working hard around you I think can be a brilliant place to be um Maybe people that have the same specific goal as you, the girls who are doing the photo shoot, that's a good example of this. Brides, the bridal program kicking off in January, that's going to be all the brides together. You all have a very, very similar and specific goal. And I think that support network is really underrated in getting towards your goals. Nothing, everything's harder on your own. Everything is harder. And fat loss is no different. You need sometimes someone just to vent to. You need someone, or you just need the knowledge that someone knows how you feel right now or someone's just as hungry as you or other people have tough tra training days it happens and acknowledging it and asking for that support or looking for it even is really important so if you don't have a community think about where your support is coming from if you can't think or it's, it's not available to you come and join our team we have this community here we have a group people who have been in this on this journey longer than you have people that perhaps haven't and could do with your support and actually by helping them you're going to find that it spurs you on just as much yeah yes we all need it we really really all do also underrated building a base of nutritional knowledge so I popped a story on Instagram the other day about not tracking and was asked by someone rightly so and very understandably whether that meant that they no longer needed to track and you definitely don't need to track on my fitness pal in order to achieve fat loss but what I would say is that building a baseline level of nutritional knowledge will equip you for life for life if you come to me and you only work with me for six months that could be enough time for me to equip you with what you need for the rest of your entire life. Think about that. What an investment. Do it now. Like, do it now. Particularly, are you early 20s? Are you embarking on your fitness journey for the first time? Have you decided you want the gym to be part of your life? Learn it now, invest in it, and learn it well. 
And that's something that no one can ever, ever, ever take away from you. My parents used to say that to me all the time, actually. Education is something no one that can ever take away from me. And I think it is really true and it's really important. Building that baseline knowledge will also equip you because you will inevitably, I'm just telling you right now, you're going to be in situations that aren't perfect. We just spoke about this. You won't panic if you have tools in your tool belt that you can use, that you can whip out when you need to. It might not be the one that you thought you were going to use, but it's there for you to use as when you need to. People panic when they can't use my fitness pal, when there's not a barcode. They go, oh my God, all right, okay, well, I can't track it. So fuck, fine, I'll just have it, whatever, just give me it. Mm, not great, you can see the issue. Um, if you don't, if you build a base knowledge, that doesn't happen. You just go, all right, okay, yeah, sure. Right, well, I can't track, that's okay though. What are my options here? A, B, C work your way through it, get back to things when you can. I think it brings a level of security to your process and your progress, knowing that you have this knowledge and that you won't be caught out. And actually, if it does happen, fine, practice the skills that you've been busy learning. It's a good opportunity, look at it that way. Uh, underrated, removing ego from lifts. Removing the ego. Um, continually chasing weights in the gym is one form of progression, for sure. And it's a really, really good one. It's a really good way to increase training volume, increase intensity, improve strength, improve your body composition eventually. Like all, it is a very, very good way to see those things. But it isn't everything. And removing ego and lifting properly is something that I feel is quite underrated you'll often see there's often a point where particularly as clients get quite advanced when they really do make this connection they really do make this connection with muscle fatigue with muscular adaptation and they detach slightly from the need to constantly be pushing weight pushing weight pushing weight because you'll know this from certain exercises you're performing there becomes a point and I look for this in check-ins actually this is a massive green flag when clients will say things like well I got more weight but it was almost like I wasn't feeling it as much yeah that will happen there often becomes a weight a, a point where you get to a weight where actually your your mind to muscle connection then starts to deteriorate it's almost going past the point of effectiveness it's a sweet spot really where you can lift something with perfect form you can really really engage with the muscle that you should be using and you get brilliant brilliant tension on it sometimes what happens is if you go too heavy your range of motion is reduced so you're not able to fully perform the rep or you're not able to add a little squeeze at the end so the muscle kind of gets away with it a little bit um so removing the ego from lifts that does not mean that you go easier on yourself it just means that you're not constantly chasing, 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 chasing weights. When you're performing, like, particularly, for, I'm going to say right now, I'm not training any of you in any kind of powerlifting style. If you're only getting three, four, or five reps of a weight, it's probably too heavy. That's not hypertrophy. That's not muscle building. That's verging on a strange kind of hybrid of powerlifting, which I can assure you we're not doing. I am not a powerlifter. So remove your ego. Have a little think about that. Underrated. The C word, consistency. I know it's really, really boring. Rolling your eyes, but 
it's not weekly consistently. It's not weekly consistency. How consistent are you being over the span of, say, a year? How consistent have you been this year? Think about 2021. How, how much have you been on it? How much have you been training in the gym regularly? Have you been following nutritional targets consistently? Or do you program up? Do you coach jump? So on and off coaching. How many times have you started, stopped, and then started again this year? Consistency is showing up for yourself. Showing up for your coach, for sure. But more importantly than that, showing up for yourself. I actually got a check-in on Friday from a lovely lady who I've had, I've trained for a long time now. And she'd been ill all week. She has literally, she's been ill all week. And the line in her check-in was, I wonder if I can even find it. The line in her check-in was, there wasn't much to report, so to speak, although there's a lot of positive mindset shifts that she'd made over the span of the week, even though she was ill. But she mentioned that showing up for herself, this, I'm going got it right here. I'm going to read it right out. Uh, short and sweet this week. I wasn't going to check in this AM, but I thought, let's just do it for myself. Recalibrate, remind myself of why I turn up for myself. Let's smash these next three weeks and hope to God I don't get another viral cold. Um, no joke, it's hideous. That to me is just like, it's such a winning mindset. It's like clients who ask to do more. It's like clients who ask me questions. It's like clients who start in December. It's just such a champion mindset. And I love it. I feed off of it. And I think it's a brilliant environment to be around, to be around people who want to work as hard as you do because they genuinely enjoy hard work because of the boost that it gives them, that they don't shy away that because something is difficult, because nothing ever good came from easy. Like nothing good came from easy. Anything good that you've achieved in your life, you probably have to work for and yeah don't shy away from this this is no different oh I didn't even mean to this segues very very nicely uh underrated working harder than everyone else how hard do you work in the gym how hard do you work outside of the gym how much effort do you put into what you do how would you give yourself what rating would you give yourself out of 10 it always leaves me in absolute awe that girls can leave the gym in full makeup and look absolutely pristine. Like, I don't even look like that when I go out. Um, it, it baffles me a little bit. How hard are you willing to work is also a good question. I think being really, really honest with yourself about how much you push yourself, how much you're willing to be pushed is really interesting. It's almost like, oh, I had another client the other day, we were talking about progressive overloading our lives. So progressive overload outside of the gym, increasing, increasing, increasing until, you know, to force, to force change. And this is exactly the same. Like you can progressive overload how hard you work. Maybe your output of work is slightly higher in a day. Maybe in the next week, it's even more. All of these things. And I often wonder whether we show up enough and whether we graft enough because we're such a, we're a bit of a snowflake generation, aren't we? And we shouldn't shy away from hard work because actually the gym is the one place where you can really, really push yourself and you can start to explore what hard work means for you. And it's the difference between reacting to something and just acting it out. So if you're turning up at the gym and you're just acting out your workouts, yeah, 
Like it's, that's going to show in your results. It really is. React to it. Work. If you can do more reps, do more reps. If you can go up and wait, go up and wait. If you can add a little sweaty finisher at the end, do it. Like work harder than every fucking person in there and you will get better results than them. Like it is that simple. It really like, I love to work hard. If you see me after the gym, I look like an absolute riot. I don't mind it. There's a sweat patch under my boobs, fine. If like, I don't, I don't care. Like I literally do not care because I love the feeling of working my ass off it makes me feel brilliant and to be honest like I don't really care what you think when you see me sweating in the gym why the fuck are you not sweating can you tell I'm quite passionate about that like work hard for yourself because no one else is going to do it there you go okay <laughs> I only have one more and I probably need like to reduce my caffeine intake uh last one underrated being more analog than Amazon Prime I said this on a podcast recently, but what I meant by that was being a bit more patient, being a bit more accepting, taking time, being rational, being happy that you improving yourself 1% every day, every session is enough. Accept that. Accept that it's not going to happen overnight. And actually, that's quite nice because you can start to get used to the changes and be willing not to rush around take time and focus energy on what's really, really important to you and double down on that. I feel like we are so good at just, so much of this is just about how fast paced everything is and slowing down has probably been one of the best things that I have ever done. I think better. I think the quality of my thoughts are better. The quality of my interactions is good. I show up better as a person. Like it's just, slow down be more analog you don't need to be amazon prime i honestly think that one day like the iphone is just maybe one day i'll just get a nokia 3310 and just live a much more simple simple existence i often wonder if instagram wasn't such a because a basic well we need it for business don't we online coach well my online coaching business runs basically through instagram um I wonder often if that wasn't the case whether I could just have all my client engagement be a text message on a really really simple remember the Motorola Pebble that was the best phone ever it's my favorite phone ever um but I just wonder if it would be things would be better if we interacted that way if it would be more meaningful that way someone put uh have you seen that meme that's been on Facebook recently it was about like if imagine Instagram closed like a shop at 6 p.m every night like how maybe not 6 p.m because I need it for that evening post but imagine Instagram shut off at 8 p.m I wonder if we'd all be happier because think about when you sit and go through oh my god she looks amazing look at her on the beach like that happens in bed when you're about to fall asleep doesn't it like that's always always what happens that's when your mind goes into turmoil that's when you go to sleep thinking oh I'm shit blah 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 but imagine if Instagram just shut off and said, like, night, everyone, go and talk to your family. Go and talk to your husband. Like, how nice would that be? I don't know. It's just, I wonder. I do wonder. Um, right. Oh, that's me. Overrated, underrated. I hope that's not been too long. I don't know what the time. I hope that's not been too long. Um, if you haven't, uh, clients of mine, you can also catch my chat with Paul. Paul Dermody. 
wonderful human, my favorite face in fitness. We ended up, we were talking forever and ever and ever um, about everything, but there is a client uh, specific video on the Facebook group. We answered some of your questions as well. And he's just, he just makes my brain happy. Like it's so nice to talk to him, he's so insightful. And I just love the way he thinks. Um, so yeah, I hope you find that useful as ever, as ever, as ever. If you enjoyed this, if you got to this point, you're amazing. If you could share the podcast, I would really, really, really appreciate it. I can't tell you how many WhatsApp messages I get. Like, oh, I really enjoyed this episode. I find it so useful. Thank you so much. Like, if you did find it useful, please share it. Honestly, because I am going to be completely transparent. It is like my, my window now into into others now I don't work at the gym now I'm not um now I'm not there the podcast and Instagram are the only ways to get my little message further and if you enjoy what we do then it really would mean have I been recording this yeah that wouldn't be the first time let's face it um if you have enjoyed this please share it honestly it would mean the absolute world to me, I think you were the best person ever. Um, enjoy the rest of your week. We are now on Wednesday. Clients will check in on Friday. The girls photo shoot is on Sunday. So this is the third shoot of the year. <laughs> the third one. Um, it's on Sunday for a change. So um, they've got one more day. Uh, one day actually, we usually do it on Saturday. Uh, Sunday this year. And yeah, this will be the last one, which is insane. They've been dieting for 12 weeks. They look absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely. I'm so, so happy. And we'll be doing check-ins. What are we on now? We're on the 8th. We're going to be doing them all up next week and then the week after. So we'll have a little bit of a chat whether you want to do your check-ins on the 24th. Maybe we'll pull them back to the 23rd, uh, the day before Christmas Eve. But um, I want to keep working up until then to keep you nice and accountable. And then the week after that is going to be the Christmas break. So it follows really, really nicely this year. And then we'll be back on the 3rd of January. Um, lovely. Really, really good. Oh, I enjoyed this one. It's a bit ranty. Really enjoyed it. Right. Have a great week and I will catch up with you very soon.